I'm so glad that you're here. You're listening to What the Fuck Did She Just Say? with your host, that's me, Sandra Priestley. I'm all about living our best life and finding our zone of brilliance and then removing the resistance so that we can go all in. I say random crazy shit, which is why I called this podcast the way that I did, and I really hate long, drawn-out intros, so let's fucking go. Okay, today we're going to talk football. I know. It's a bit of a shocker, but I really feel like sometimes when we're trying to capture something, we're trying to capture um, like a concept. I think if we can relate it to something in the world, you know, it becomes more visceral. It becomes this thing that we're never, ever going to forget. And so I really want to talk to you about football today. Now, keeping in mind, the reason that I chose football happens to be because my son um, plays university football right now. He has played, um, he's going into his third season. He has played since he's been in grade nine. And quite frankly, I'm not even entirely sure if I know the game very, very well. However, I do know the various positions that he's played. Um, You know, he's played defensive back. He has been a safety. He's been a halfback. He's been a cornerback. Um, He has also been a wide receiver. He's been the kicker. He's been the punter. He's been a lot of the different positions. But one of the positions that he has never played was offensive line or defensive line for that matter. And When I thought about this, I thought about this this morning about how football is really so much like business and so much like life, but we don't see it as that. So I Googled, I mean, I thought I kind of knew, but you know, Google's our friend. So I Googled what is like the characteristics and the traits of a typical defensive back. So the top five traits of a defensive back, mostly because that's the position he's playing right now, are speed, explosiveness, athleticism, intelligence on the field, and toughness. The defensive back is the position where you're waiting to see what the quarterback on the other team does with the ball, And as soon as you can find the dude who has the ball on the other team, you're going to hit him as hard as you can. (laughs) That's the way a mom sees it anyway. And quite frankly, I'm happy he does the hitting. I have seen when he was the receiver of those hits, when he was a wide receiver. Um, He's also been a running back too. Anyway, so that's his position. And when I looked at the average size, the average size is six feet tall and 200 pounds. So my son is, is taller than that. Um, but you know, like six foot three almost and around that, that weight. So, I mean, that's like, he, he would look, he looks like a defensive back. He looks like he fits in there. Now let's just look at an O-line 
The dudes on offensive line, they're the ones that are crouched down, you know, on the line. And when the play starts, they've got to be as fast as they can. And, and really it's like, I feel like these guys got to move Mack trucks. Like they have someone equally to their size across the line that they're trying to get through. (laughs) The characteristics of an O-line are they've got to have character. They've got to be intelligent. They have to have a good work ethic. They've got to be tough. They've got to have this on-field aggression. The thing that I loved about it was when I was reading about the character that they have to have. And it's really about sacrificing their own sort of fame for the team. I love to take really good pictures of the games. One thing that I always try to do is I always try to get pictures of the O-line and the D-line. Why? Because usually that's not where the play is. Usually the people who get all of the, you know, all of the accolades and all the pictures would be the quarterback. It'd be the defensive backs with a big, huge hit. It'd be the receivers with an amazing catch. But the O-line and the D-line, they rarely are in the limelight. And the character that they have to have is this like sacrifice for the team. Their average size is six foot one and 314 pounds. So that's quite a bit different than the defensive back, than the, than the average defensive back. Now, are you wondering why I'm telling you a story about the football yet? (laughs) Here's why. If my son, the defensive back, judged his ability to play football with his ability to be an exceptional offensive lineman, he would not feel success. If they looked at him and said, okay, well, you're only 200 pounds, you're six foot three, you're super speedy, you, um, you know, really explosive, you can backpedal really fast, you can shift gears, you can, you know, uh, jump really high, you can intercept the ball, but we're going to put you on the line. He's going to be up against other dudes across that line that are 300 pounds. He is probably going to struggle. He's going to struggle in that position. You take an O-line and you put that person in a defensive back position. And you tell him six foot one, 314 pound, big dude, right? Strong dude. And you tell that guy, I need you to run as fast as you can and hit (laughs) this really speedy receiver as, as hard as you can. Try to jump really high and intercept the ball if while you're at it. That lineman is probably going to struggle. Now, can the lineman become a DB? 
Possibly. Can the DB become a lineman? Maybe. But it's not their natural ability. It's not their natural state. And this is the thing with life and with business. We spend a lot of our time as a lineman judging ourselves and our ability to be a defensive back. I have clients that I work with that have this amazing skill and ability. They have this inner brilliance to them. And yet they judge themselves against something that they might not be. They look at their ability to be successful on their ability to do things that might not be their zone of genius or their zone of brilliance. And I did the exact same thing. When I started out in the coaching world, I had a coach. I always believe you should have a mentor and a coach and, and you know, just to, to help you see your blind spots. And so I hired this coach and, and I really liked her. And the reason I hired her was because she had gifts that I didn't have. And I really, truly thought, well, I'm not really good at the technical stuff. I'm not really good at having a launch strategy and funnels and, you know, email series and all of this shit. So I'm going to need to hire a coach who's good at that stuff that I'm not. I'm going to need that coach to help me be an, a good all-rounded business coach. But this is truly equivalent of getting on the field as a natural, with all of the traits and all of the size and everything as a defensive back and hiring someone or working with a coach to make that person become an offensive lineman. It is about ridiculous, <laughs> as ridiculous. So I spent money, time, and energy trying to become a fucking tech wizard. I spent money, time, and energy trying to gain some expertise, even some like, even a little bit of skill in the tech world. But what happens when we do that? What happens when we try to refine or hone or strengthen our weaknesses? We just end up pissed off. And we end up weakening our strengths. Why? <laughs> because we forget we're even fucking good at them. We start to feel failure in whatever capacity that we're trying to learn. We're not using our zone of brilliance. We're not leaning into our zone of genius. And instead, we're trying to become, you know, a master of all. But we become truly a master of none. If my son, as a natural DB, as a natural DB, if someone had said, you're now going to be a lineman, he would 
really struggle. And even when he was recruited, you know, he was playing all sorts of positions. He was, you know, at that time in, in his grade 11 year, um, he was a punter. He was, you know, several different positions. He was a safety, he was a corner, he was a halfback, and he was a wide receiver. And so when the coach called him and said that he was recruited as an athlete because he had uh, many different positions that he was good at. And when he, in his recruitment call, when he was talking with the coach, the coach said, which position do you like best? And my son said, I just want to play football. And the coach said, I think you're naturally a DB. What do you think? And my son is like, sure. <laughs> yeah, probably. He's naturally defensive minded. He naturally really responds well. And he likes to hit hard. <laughs> and so the coach at that time, you know, and still to this day, will be looking at the skill set and, and maybe people will shift on the team, slight positions. Because, you know, the positions have maybe this similar characteristics or similar traits. But we don't do that in life. In life, we tend to forget our natural state of brilliance. We forget the things that we're the strongest in. We almost dismiss our gifts completely. And then we look at like our neighbor, Sally, who's good at something else. And we decide we suck shit because we're not good at what Sally's good at. Our whole goal, I believe, in life is to find our zone of brilliance and then remove all of the resistance that we've got that stops us from really showing up who the fuck we, we always were meant to be. And this is the, the, the biggest realization that I've had, really, probably thus far, I've had a lot of them. But the biggest realization is that the more time we spend honing, find, finding, honing, strengthening our strengths, the better off and the more successful we'll be. Find your zone of brilliance, find your zone of genius, and then look to all of the things that hold you back, all of the mind fuckery that goes on, that holds you back from taking action to do whatever the hell it is that you're the best at. And this isn't even about having a business sometimes. It could just be doing the dang thing, doing the thing more often that you love. And when we do that and we focus on that and we focus on our strengths and we just forget about our weaknesses, when we're a DB and we forget about the fact that we're not 314 pounds and that's okay. 
because everyone has a position in this world. Everyone has position online. Everyone, you know, there's such a beautiful place in the world for everyone and everyone's strengths. And when we can find that cross section of skills, that is like the money piece. That's when things become easy. So today I really, really, my message is always going to be this. My message is always, you know, in the intro, I talk about this too, but it's finding your zone of brilliance and then removing the resistance around it so that you can take the next step. Pay attention to the things that seem so easy to you, that come so easy to you that you really think that they're, you dismiss them as gifts because you think, well, everyone should be able to do this, right? When we follow that, when we follow that ease and that flow, magic is right around the corner. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've had some laughs maybe some ideas, and that you've been inspired to take some type of action toward the life you've always dreamed of. If you feel so called, I would love it if you would share with your besties and leave a review down below. I look forward to bringing you along on this journey, and I will see you in the next episode.